You are listening to Engaging and Exciting Conversation on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Podcast. Get ready. Now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Radiant Culture Podcast. This is your host, Cookie Monster. Yes, I am back. We are back. And I'm joined today by some really, really, really interesting guests. And of course, I've got in the house Miss Style and Grace. Hey, Grace. Hi. Okay. How are you? You've got, you've got this smirk on your face. <laughs> I'm just happy to be here. Is it a smoke or a smile? Smirk. <laughs> it's a smile. <laughs> yeah. No, it's cool. Good to see you, Grace. And then I've got two guests, like I said, very interesting guests in the house. Um, I've got Nyasha. Hi, Miss Nyasha. Hi, Cookie Monster. That's such an <laughs> interesting name. Don't say nothing. <laughs> yeah, it is an interesting name. I get that all the time. I like it. I like my name. <laughs> Some people have tried to convince me to change it, and I'm not changing it. Or at least not yet. Yeah. And then we've got Stu in the house. Hey, everybody. It's really good to be here. Yeah. So Stuart is actually a, a medical doctor. Yes, yes yeah. I am. So I'm probably going to refer to him as Dr. Stu today. <laughs> Everybody else does. Okay, there we go. So what's stewing? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you were building up to that joke. You were just building up to oh, it. Oh wow. Guys, guys, life's too short, guys. Life's too short. Anyway, guys, what, what I want us to do before we kick off is I just want us to introduce ourselves probably like, um, who's Stuart? What are you about? One interesting thing about you, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Um, hi, I'm Stuart, as you know, and I'm a doctor, as you know. Um, that's not the only thing I'm about. I'm also about just a lot of creative things. I love doing music, listening to and making it. I also am into art. I make comics. Wait, when you say making music, what do you mean? As in, do, you, do you play an instrument? I play an instrument. I've uh, gotten into producing as well. Nice. Yeah. Oh, I like this. And Stuart is really tall, so... <laughs> yes, actually, I am. I am 1 meter 93, which is 6 foot 5. He's taller four. than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not happy about that. Yeah, I could detect the envy yeah, in I, that. I, I don't <laughs> know what that feels like. To have people. Oh, yeah, wow. This is what I do to other people. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, if if it continues, I might just kick him out. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, we'll I'd see. like to see you try, but it's all right. Oh, I'm loving this, guys. This is gonna be a fun episode, Nyasha. <laughs> I mean, I'm just sat here at five foot four and a half. Do not take my half away. Um, so I'm Yasha. I'm an occupational therapist. Um, what do I do? I love uh, people. I love to sing. And this is my favorite season because I have this obsession with mangoes. And I'm really sad it's coming to an end. Mangoes! Yes! <laughs> they are so good. You like, can say literally. that again. That's like my favorite fruit. <laughs> <laughs> You're cool. Okay. Hey, what's what's an occupational therapist? Just so we. Oh, that's a good question. So, an occupational therapist. Um, occupations are anything that we do in our daily lives, from the right. minute we wake up to the minute we go to sleep. Um, 
as people we are doing beings, if we don't do, we become unwell somewhat. Right. Um, and so I come onto the scene if something happens to you, that means that you can't engage in your everyday occupation. So even basic things like washing yourself, dressing yourself. Right. It's um, essentially rehabbing and relearning those skills so that you can live as independently as you can the life that you want to live, how you want to live it. Okay. Did it fist world Ah, well, yes, but no, because we need it here too. And hence, I came back from the first world to bring it to Zimbabwe. We love it. (laughs) Much love to occupational therapists. They're actually the ones who, like, following any medical issues, they're the ones who get people back on their feet. There you go, endorsement from the doctor. I love Mm. it. Okay, okay. No, I'm, I'm liking this. I'm liking this. Lovely to meet you guys. Lovely to have you on the show. And you all know Grace. Yes, sir. <laughs> cool. Okay, so let's get into it. Uh, our last episode was about singleness. We had Ro in here, and I think we began to we began to unpack some yeah some pretty hot things about singleness. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you this: I, I've gotten so much interesting feedback just from our listeners concerning. The topic, and I guess we've got a lot of single people who listen to this because the episode was released just before Valentine's. Mm-hmm. So tactical, strategic. So yeah. <laughs> so I, I've had I've had many people say to me, "Hey, man, you know, was that on purpose? Or that episode was really helpful? Or ah, you guys got me thinking about all kinds of things." And all sorts. One of the things we began to touch on in the episode was the whole issue of sexual purity Mm -hmm. and singleness. Mm -hmm. Because um, what generally tends to happen is that, you know, when people are single and they need to... There are certain other activities that can begin to happen, especially if people are in a relationship or people are hanging out together a lot. Yeah. You know, and then there's a whole hookup culture, mm-hmm. which is a thing yeah. now, mm-hmm. where people are doing stuff without real, without any real commitment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And another crazy thing is the fact that a lot of people who are in relationships are being active mm-hmm. sexually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So, so let's talk about that. And and. I'm going to talk, talk about it from a generic, just from a general point of view. Then I want to hone in on the Christian aspect of it, that because we do have people in the church who are, yeah, misbehaving. Right. Yes. Yeah. It is misbehaving. It, it is definitely. So, so what, what do you guys, what, what do you guys reckon? Do you think that uh, you, you're an occupational therapist? Would you say that? Sex is part and parcel of one's occupational health. (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, I mean, it is uh, one of those things that is part and parcel of this human life, you know, Um, and it is an occupation. So actually, in, in my job, I do have to have these conversations of, Okay, so you're married and this life changing thing has happened to you. How how are you gonna engage in this very important part of your life? Because we can't ignore it, right? It's natural yeah. in many yeah. ways. And so it is something that is 
innately within us like that's why we have a desire for these things so yeah it is it is a life occupation it brings meaning to life it brings meaning to relationships um make of that what you will I'm sure we'll dissect that um so it's it's a necessary thing to talk about because I think when occupations are dysfunctional mm-hmm then we have an issue. Right. And I think that's what we're seeing at the moment is that we have lots of dysfunction within this beautiful God-given part of our occupations that, you know, it's causing us to have these conversations now, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, gosh, we talk a lot about sex everywhere. Yeah. Mm. yeah. yeah. And, and as we should, right? Yeah. 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 <clears throat> I think, um, what I often see is that growing up, in an African household, <laughs> these are conversations that never used to happen, or at mm-hmm. least in, in our home. Wait, yeah. you mean you didn't have yeah. the birds and the bees? Yeah, no. <laughs> no birds and the bees. <laughs> so I think it was also really tricky for our parents to, to talk to us. I grew up, I was raised by a single mom. So, so of course, she, she could only talk to me about stuff to it. To a certain degree, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. and past a certain point, yeah, it just gets weird. Well, yeah, yeah. So, and I think that's the case for a lot of people who are Zimbabwean, or maybe just African, uh, especially traditional kind of African. That it's kind of taboo. You don't really talk about it. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Or at least not at length. How, how do you feel that that affects our relationship with sex as people? I think that um, because we don't talk about it as much as we probably should, we are not as equipped as we need to be when we first encounter it. You know, um, people already like are having attraction to the opposite sex and they're working out... um, Mm -hmm these sexual desires and stuff like by the time they hit for girls it could be as early as like eight to ten years old for guys slightly later like that's when they hit puberty but i mean even like before then like as as kids you know you can have like crushes on other kids and it's not of a like sexual nature at that (laughs) time but later on yes right the the sexual aspect of it comes in like by the time you are 13 like these are things that you're already grappling with, mm. right? And there is like nobody to that like really talks about it open with you, mm-hmm. um, except maybe like your classmates. Mm. In which case, it's just like a thirteen-year-old talking to another thirteen-year-old mm-hmm. about sex, and it's like, wait a minute, like how does this? Imagine like just throwing a couple of kids into a car. And being like, you have to drive this thing, mm. go. Mm. You know, like it ends up being really dangerous to do yeah. that, I think. And I think um, that's just how it is for a lot of people. And people end up experimenting yeah. before they even know, like, the danger of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And by the time they've realized the danger, it's too late. They've mm. already experienced the fallout of it. Mm. That's, that's actually yeah. really... Yeah. 
Grace? And just to add on to that, now we're in the information age and people look for this information. Like Google, if you search something on Google, you'll find it. And yeah. and people are just looking through different sources trying to understand this thing. But the thing is, um, there's no way to filter through that information or to sort through it mm-hmm. yeah. and to understand, like, really... Um, to get a clear perspective on it or even just a godly one right and so you know we've got so much that is so many media houses that are educating the kids these days and it's not healthy in the end Mm, yeah yeah Yeah. do we count as kids when you say the kids, <laughs> well, um, <laughs> you, you not anymore. Probably not, but I, I think it's fair to say that even now we're still figuring it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So I think that's the crazy thing. And if we're to then bring it to the church, right? Because if you think about singleness, mm-hmm. um, in a church setting, if you're single, you're expect you're expected to be holding yourself, keeping yourself behaving yourself yeah whatever that means right uh you're supposed to walk in an upright way because that's what's expected mm-hmm. but yeah. then you have like what nyesha rightly said that you have a whole sexual side of you which is screaming and she's like yo bruv i'm i'm here pay attention and to me you see what i'm saying mm-hmm. yeah. and so what you then find happening is that people get into relationships and often people know exactly what they're getting into. They're, they're getting into the relationship. The plan is not even really that we're courting and we want to get married. Is you're getting into a relationship, kind of see how it goes. Yeah. But things then happen in, that, in, in those relationships. So what, what do you think the church needs to do more of or less of? Oh my goodness, you want to open that up? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's go. Right, right. go. <laughs> Since we're all church folk here, yeah. do you think there's, there's more that needs to be done? Do you think there's less that needs to be done to make it more, just just to, to really get real and, and tackle this? Yeah. Yeah, so I think um, buttressing what Grace said that there's a lot of information that's going out that you can get so easily. So kids are on their laptops, their iPads, their phones, their whatever, right? They're getting information. If we, as the church, don't give that information to our children, to our young adults, and even just adults who (laughs) don't really know what (laughs) we're doing, um, you know, there is that risk that they learn Things about this very sacred act, right, that then put them in a place of danger, you know. Um, Kids these days are learning about sex through pornography, Mm -hmm. really, because that's what you've got on the internet, soft porn, hardcore porn, whatever, like this is what they're seeing Mm -hmm. and they think that's what sex is and they don't have the other side of sex where there is relationship, there is um, safety within it, right? So I think as a church we have to be decided what we actually want um, out there as 
uh, a template for sex, right? And then teach that to our children, teach that to our congregants. Like, this is what it is. It's because I think a lot of what we've done in the church is say, you're not allowed to do it. And that's the end of the conversation. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah. if you're not allowed to do it, then what? I still need to know about it. Am I going to find out on my wedding night? Mm. At which point I feel very unqualified for this thing now that I have to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and again, you've got a level of dysfunction in that, like you got these two people that have no idea what they're doing. Like it, it can cause issues. Um, so I think we have to try and be ahead of the conversation mm-hmm. although we are very behind now sadly mm-hmm. um and put out the correct well not correct but what we feel is good and right about what certain ages should know about sex because in school they're learning about it yeah. and there yeah. almost is no age now yeah. like you just kids are, are learning about it and yeah. so what are your kids learning about sex? And are you happy with that? And then as an adult, what are you seeing about sex? <laughs> and is that healthy for you? Because, yeah. like, mm. you know, then, like, how is your mind processing that? Mm. And then when you then enter into this act, are you processing what you learned on social media? Are you processing what God says about it? Mm. Yeah. yeah. And are you acting that out? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. this yeah. very it then becomes very messy because your information is kind of mixed. That's really good. Mm. Yeah. yeah. There's a point that you, that you brought up there, which I think is really important, which is that often in a church setting, you're just told what not to do. Yeah. 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 That this is not allowed. Don't do it. Don't, yeah. Just don't touch things. You know, there's all, all this stuff, right? I was about to get a little graphic. Um, and I was like, yes. <laughs> my mom is listening. So, um, <laughs> so but, but this is the problem because everything else out there is telling you exactly what to do in mm. graphic mm. detail. Mm. Yeah. And then you come to church and it's like, uh, d- don't do it. Um, mm. I'll tell you this, guys. I've spoken to people who... Um, Back in the day, I remember being in youth, young adults, and all of that. And often, the impression that was given was that once you get married, that's the answer, right? You get married, and that yeah. sorts out all your issues. Yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. yeah you're, you're sorted, <laughs> <laughs> right? And then yeah. you then talk to guys, to, to your colleagues, friends who, who are married, mm. and you and and if guys are honest, some will tell you that you know what I had to literally relearn or unlearn and learn a whole lot of things so yeah. the whole message that once you get married is all sorted is actually not entirely correct yes of course it will sort out a lot of things but you know there's there's a whole other side which <clears throat> which brings me to my next uh, question which is based on the on the point that you brought up there Nyasha which is that we so <laughs> should I say this I once I spoke to somebody <laughs> Who, because virginity is, you know, it's it's purity, virginity, all of this stuff is is important, obviously, yeah. very important. Yeah. However, I think because there's also the aspect of a lack of education, I remember talking to somebody who said to me, um, so it's actually a guy in Zambia, who said to me, "I got married to my wife, and we're both virgins. No, yes, we're both virgins." Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, kind of didn't know what they were doing, whatever. But then he was talking about how, because of certain things that happened on their 
wedding night. Um, she then had like trauma issues, and for the next two or three years of their marriage, mm. things were like totally mm. right. Yeah, things were, things weren't. Yeah. Yeah. To the to the point where it started affecting the the marriage itself. Mm. And both Christians, both you know, so they got me thinking. Could it be that um, we are we're not equipping people enough as the church? Could it be that people are not having these conversations at the level that they're supposed to be had? I think so. Um, I think that is the case, and usually. I think there's a lot of maybe demystification is the word to use mm-hmm. that needs to happen around mm-hmm. sex yeah. because there's a lot of shame attached to it as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Just mm-hmm. even the mention of it. Like, okay, before you get to you guys are having sex, there has to, there's a lot of shame attached to just yeah. uttering it. And who do you go to to talk about those things? And also another thing is back to the issue of pornography is guys a lot of guys, even if they are virgins, a lot of them have watched porn, you know, even before they get married. And that's where they usually get their ideas of sex from. More, and, yeah, more like in high school. Yeah, more like in high school. And, <laughs> yeah. And so porn doesn't really... There isn't that aspect of considering your partner involved or there, it's usually just about taking advantage of someone sexually or there's no consideration, no love in it. And so they try to then bring that into their marriage, mm, yeah. which doesn't work. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, dovetailing off of that. Um, I think I think that in the church, it's not necessarily that it's not talked about. But it it's handled like like radioactive material, mm. like really really mm. carefully, you know. Like there's there are like very specific safe rooms in which we should be discussing these things, mm-hmm. right? And like don't discuss it openly. I know people who actually like just they they cringe away like as soon as you just say the word sex, you know. Like, <laughs> You know, even if you're using the word sex to mean like gender or whatever, just mm-hmm. the word itself, like just like throws people off like, whoa, OK, let's keep it PG. OK. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, yeah, we need to we need to destigmatize talking about it, mm-hmm. I think, um, because it is a an integral part of the mm-hmm. human, human experience. experience. Yeah. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, like if you think of that's how all of us got here. Right, our parents had sex, <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, like honestly, right? Like when we um, have sex in in our marriage, right? We are actually partaking in a thousand year old gener. Like nobody knows like how many generations have passed. Like that's a tradition that's gone from one generation to the next, and that's why we're still here. Because, from Adam and Eve. Exactly. Right. And um that's that's just how we maintain our species, right? So we have to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um and I think, yeah, like we do get way too much information from outside, which is quite frankly unrealistic as well. Yeah. Um like Grace mentioned how like a lot of us have watched porn and stuff, right? Um People should know that stuff is unrealistic as heck. You know, it's um, like I've never had sex, so I wouldn't know. 
Um, but I've been told by some of my married friends that actually, no, like actually, like actual sex and what you see on porn, two completely different things. In fact, like he was telling me that the, um, part of the struggle that he had, one of my friends, part of the struggle that he had was um, this thing of sex being almost disappointing to him mm. yeah. because yeah. it didn't meet the expectation that was set yeah. um, by, by porn. Right. Mm. Right. And so I think like, like you said, you know, people first time in the bedroom, right? Yes. You are dealing with two inexperienced people, right? Neither of them knows what's going on. Um, I remember one of the most honest things I heard was um, from this couple from a church in Matai. And they were actually explaining this to the young adults there. And they were saying, yeah, no, we, we didn't know what we were doing, like, on our honeymoon. It was our first time we kind of fumbled through it and everything, right? Um, but even that in and of itself, I think, like, your sexual relationship with your spouse is supposed to be a journey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to get to know them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Understand their preferences. Instant gratification. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And I think that is something that is lost from this thing where you think that's like sex is just going to be this amazing, mind blowing, world changing thing the first time you experience it. Right. (laughs) Uh, But like, yeah, I I think we end up setting ourselves up for failure um, because of that. Um, Yeah. Like you said, you, you get into marriages where like people have sex for the first time. It's not good. It's traumatic even, you know. Or, like, one partner doesn't want to have sex, like, at all. And the other partner is struggling with it, you know. Um, you are balancing, like, your own sexual needs with the needs of your partner. You know, it's a really heavy thing. And, um, like, there's so much that goes into it and that's affected by sex, which actually doesn't have to... Like, it's not the sex itself. Yeah. Your self-esteem goes into it as well, you know. Um, your... You know, the other aspects of your life go into it as well. You know, like if a man is not getting sex in his marriage, he probably isn't going to be feeling the love from his wife. Right. And women who are not getting sex uh, from the men are not going to feel attractive (laughs) to their husbands. So wait, before you, this is getting deep. But (laughs) I just want us to circle back. Um, Since our main focus area is singleness and yeah, sex, yeah. right? But, but of course, the singleness and sex does have, have an effect on what you're talking about. I'm just thinking, guys. So, are we saying that as a single person, if you're in a relationship with somebody, like, nothing? Like, just don't do nothing? <laughs> Because <laughs> I want, I want us to get real about yeah. this, right? Yeah. Like, don't, don't do jack. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. wait until you've put that ringer on the finger, or as an because you can put the ring on the finger also in like yeah. wait another two years. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and why would you do that? I just yeah, but, yeah, completely. Anyway, so, but the question I'm asking is, if two people, Christians, in a relationship, <laughs> can they kiss? Can they, yeah. they the old age you know debate? I, I know, I know, and this is, this is a real one, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember for us guys, those were the questions. Yeah. But for like lighties these days, 
that's not even like, yeah. Yeah, like come on man that's that's baby stuff yeah. yeah you know what i'm saying but like genuinely and from a biblical standpoint mm-hmm. as well because i really want us to unpack this yeah properly like are we saying that if two people are in a relationship they they're on the journey they want to get married they're serious about each other do we just like nothing no pda no well so here's the thing so as as Stu was talking and I'm listening, like my mind was like, there's so many things we could talk about. So here's the thing. Because when we talk about sex, I think a lot of the time we just run to the act of sex, like intercourse. Mm-hmm. There's a whole build up to that whole situation, right? It doesn't just start at sex. So when we are talking about sex and singleness and all of that, we need to talk about all the steps. So like you're saying, so what do we, what do we do? What's allowed? What's not allowed? Right. Um, and I think a lot of the time we have the testimonies slash stories of people who have been on the other side and they're like, I didn't keep it pure. I didn't do this. And I didn't, you know, and Mm -hmm. actually I, I kind of regret that because, you know, I really wish I had, and you can wait, you can totally wait, right? And it's not realistic just Mm. to say that to some teenagers who are, or anyone, right? Like hormones are aging for all of us, Mm. right? Um, You feel what you feel for your person. You're attracted to them. Like I'm not a teenager, but mine are raging, man. They're like, (laughs) yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, and it's, again, like, I think that's, God's design, right? Correct. We're not meant to be just completely dead in that area until, you know, you say I do and then you come alive and you, you know, kind of do that thing. So I think that, you know, um, when you talk about what you can do, what you can't do, that's where relationship comes into it. Relationship between you, two people, the guy and the girl, but also relationship with God. Like, mm-hmm. okay, so if I want to walk in purity and I want to honor God in this relationship, what is that going to look like for me? It's not going to look the same for everyone. You know, I know people who have said, we're just not kissing until we say I do. I know people who have, you know, we've been like, guys, can you just get a room? Like literally this is all a bit much too much PDA. What is happening here? You know, um, within the confines of their relationship. So I feel like some of that is defined between two people, but more importantly, I think you define that in your relationship with God. So like, you know, God, like, what does this look like for me? I really want to honor you in this relationship. It, you know, I think as well, that's where the relationship with two people comes in. We have to understand where we're each coming from. I can't come in and hardline go, I don't want to kiss. I don't want to hold hands. I don't want to hug until we get married. You may not feel the same about that. We have to have a conversation about why that is and how do we work this? Because maybe you feel like, I kind of like to hold your hand and I kind of like to hug you. I, you know, and for me, that's how I express love or whatever the case might be. But you've got to talk that through and kind of figure out why, why we're, we're saying we can, we can't, and then remember Remember that God is watching and uh, you don't want to do stuff (laughs) that takes you a little too far. Right. Because that's why I said sex is more than just the act. So, you know, you're kissing, you're hugging, you're touching your, you know, and then it moves into more intimate things, more intimate things, more intimate things. 
where do you draw the line? Right. Yeah? That's really what we're asking. Where do we draw the line? And I think... So we then need to think about what is purity. And for me, I feel like... I mean, I read this thing where it said, like, purity is really about wholeness. Mm. Right? Mm. Um, And it's about spiritual wholeness more than anything before you even get to, like, sexual wholeness. It's spiritual wholeness. So you are pure and whole spiritually with God in the eyes of God. Mm. Right. Blemish-free. And you are walking uprightly righteous you know god there's you can't even point a finger at me like this is how it is and that will spill into your sexual purity that's why i said it's also about relationship with god because Mm. then you are making decisions based on i know my relationship with god like Mm. i i i know what god desires i know what is good and what is right and out of that i'm making a decision to do xyz and then also i feel like that kind of sets your parameters as to where you then stop we have all of those things but you know you don't go to someone's house at night you don't watch Mm. movies together very good and right things so that you don't cross the boundaries that you are desperately trying to keep right because you want to honor god you know you want to stand pure before god and say look this is you know, I did my very best. <laughs> I love this. Yeah. Because I think there's a lot that you said there that is really encapsulated in in the point that it needs to start with the fear of God, mm-hmm. the, the yeah. relationship with God. Mm. And when, when I feel, and this is where I feel like maybe the, the disconnect is that a lot of people are asking questions like, how far is too far? Yeah. Uh, how far can I go? Yeah. But they're not really asking from the point of view of, does this honor God? Am I wanting mm-hmm. to honor God? Exactly. Yeah. Where Where is my relationship with God? Am I even sensing the Holy Spirit's mm. conviction? Because mm-hmm. I think yeah. all the things that we then put into place, like the boundaries, like the, you know, no late night calls, or I'm not going to be in the same ro- in the same room with you. Whatever the all those other practical measures that we put into place have to be predicated on the bigger thing, which is the, the relationship mm-hmm. yeah, with God. Um. So, so then, so then here, here's again another question. I um, mean, anyone, anyone can pick this this one up. Um, so, could it be then that we are, as Christians, we are trying to live this double life, where? Because I, I often struggle with this with this conversation. I do, I do with with a, with a lot of young people, right? Mm-hmm. And. I often have this tug where I'm like, okay, guys, we want to honor God. But then there's also, yes, you want to be free to do what you want to do because you're a free being in Christ. But then some of us are spending too much time at Jam Tree. (laughs) 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 And there's nothing wrong with Jam Tree, right? It's it's all good. Sorry, Jam Tree. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But I know Jam Tree turns into a bit of a bower past a certain point, right? And and so some of us, but my, my Christu, Right, I think we, or maybe not just Jam Tree, there are places that we end up going to mm. that we know that there, there are not a lot of wholesome things that are going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or uh, maybe the company that you end up being with thing mm-hmm. yeah. is not really helping with you know this this journey that that you, that you want to walk. And please, yeah. guys, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with going to Jam Tree. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that we, we tend we, we can end up getting a bit worldly mm. yes. in, in our choices 
mm. and in our lifestyles to the point where sometimes there's no clear distinction between a Christian and somebody and somebody who's in the world. Yeah. So I guess I want I want us to speak into that as well to say, do you feel like that that's part of the problem that maybe as young people we have become that we're, we're becoming we're starting to love the world a little too much mm. absolutely and that's starting to affect even our mindset and our approach to things like sex mm. Mm. i so. think that definitely it is a hard condition mm-hmm. um like you said you end up like in places where like there's just unwholesome things going on right you w- were not caught by surprise you know, and all the unwholesome stuff. You knew why you were going there, if you're being mm. honest with yourself, right? If you go there, like, as a guy, if I go there and I end up hooking up with a chick there, right? Um, I, if I'm being honest with myself, I know what my intentions were, you know, when, when like, I started flirting with her, right? Well, I, I know what the the end result was going to be, right? I, I may put up arguments like, oh, one thing led to another, I was drunk or whatever. <laughs> you know, no, you, you knew, like, what... You knew where this was going, right? <laughs> yes, you sometimes you do have a diminished capacity to stop yourself, but, like, you knew that you would have that diminished capacity, like, when, for example, you started drinking or whatever, right? So I think... Um, it comes down to, yeah, like what we are even intending to get out of it um, when when we go to those places, when we find ourselves in those situations. And it's easier for us to rationalize it away. <laughs> it's easier for us to say things like, oh, not kissing in a relationship, that's super unrealistic. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> everybody's doing it, guys. You're being too, like, oppressive. You're being, you know, too fundamentalist and things like that. Like, this is not practical. Mm-hmm. That's what um, that we say to justify our actions, that, like, we couldn't control ourselves. No, we, we, we could. We could. God has left us in the, in the driver's seat yeah. of our bodies, ultimately, right? And with that comes responsibility mm-hmm. for our actions, mm-hmm. right? So every choice that we make is still our choice. And you know what? God has given us free will, right? Um, but that does not absolve us of the consequences of our actions, both the physical consequences and the spiritual ones. Mm. Like, we know what things will like ruin our relationship with God and God doesn't want our relationship to be ruined. Mm. Right. Um, but that doesn't change the fact that doing these things will do that. And yes, there's grace, but grace does not, grace is not a license to sin, you know, um, like in first Peter, it actually talks about how we should not use our grace as, um, a license to sin, but rather live as slaves to righteousness. Mm. Right. So now we can choose to do the right thing, you know, um, not because like there's some law hanging over us, mm-hmm. right? But because we don't want to sin, mm-hmm. right? And that's the place where we want to get ourselves to. And I think for a lot of us, we tend to go in with um, just willpower alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like no, I'll just I'll really, really resist this temptation. <laughs> you don't have guys. that kind of strength. You know? yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Guys, let's be honest with each other. We're all human beings here. We all have blood running through our veins, right? We 
we can't guys we can't we want what we want mm. right maybe it's better like what what we really want is shown by the systems that we put in place to get it mm. Mm. i think if we can get ourselves to a point where like we are not we're not allowing ourselves to be in compromising situations mm. right like people people who are dating right uh pretty common practices like go out with friends you know don't spend too much time alone just the two of you yeah. you will be tempted you absolutely will be and you cannot guarantee your ability to resist yeah you know heck even the i think the length of courting as well time wise yeah you know we don't want to go don't too, keep me long, too long you yeah. know before marriage yeah and ideally like when we started dating it was to find a marriage partner mm-hmm. and not just to hook up with people right so ultimately like once if we figure out like pretty early on okay i want to be with this person okay then the next step is speeding along towards marriage mm-hmm. or if we figure out early on i don't think this one is going to work then we break it off before anything happens but we don't stick around in this area here where we're constantly being tempted you know that's good mm-hmm. i think um sustainable relationships between like single men and single women are possible if we're treating each other like brothers and sisters the way right. the mm. bible teaches us to you know like i'm not out here having any inappropriate thoughts for somebody whom i consider to be a sister yeah right mm. and then like i can consider her to be more than that like once we're courting and once we're moving towards marriage but then at that point you know like paul actually says it's better to get married than to burn with passion yeah mm. so i think at that point then yeah no like we're working towards marriage if we're not working towards marriage then what are we working towards mm. i like i like your point about that's in timothy right yeah. something that the scripture about treats with uh, paul yes. says to timothy Um, treat treat older, older older women yes like, as mothers as mothers yes. and, and younger, younger women, women like your sisters, sisters. I, i i feel like that's like a lost art today <laughs> <laughs> yeah like everybody's a target or something yeah that's the same with age yeah age ain't nothing mm. but but how, how can we practically do that guys because i feel like you know it's it's something really there's something about that that is really mm. important mm. just in terms of helping us preserve our our boundaries our purity before god where you can look at somebody and be like no this is this is like a sister to me and the way you view that person the way you value that person totally changes because yeah. also if you're looking at every person and thinking hmm yeah, yeah that's just not it's just going to lead to problems mm-hmm. so how can we practically do that look at each other as brothers and sisters in a real way Hmm. Or is that actually like was Paul just on his own tangent there where he's like ah brah. <laughs> I think it's definitely possible. Hmm. I've seen it happen like a lot, right? Um I think first of all we cannot go in with intentions. Yeah. Right. You meet somebody new. Your first thought cannot be like okay, could I could things go further with this person? That can't be your first thought. Right? I think we should go in like to every interaction being like okay let me learn more about this person mm-hmm. you know Th- let me value this person mm-hmm. you know um I think there's a lot to be said for making a practice of seeing people the way God would see them mm-hmm. right seeing their intrinsic mm-hmm. value mm-hmm. seeing what they're about yeah how you can help them how you can love them right um even if they're really hot to you 
like you know it's like, it's, this guy is so hot and I, I can't think of anything else yeah. I do not want you to be well, my like, brother he's not going to be my hey, brother, not be my brother. <laughs> honestly that is a real thing that is a that's an actual thing my words like especially for guys i don't know about you ladies actually let me not speak for you ladies but it happens it does happen it does happen it does happen yeah yeah happens for us too we see ladies and they're just smoking hot and we find that really difficult to ignore yeah um <laughs> But I think I it's. Just, I just had a thought. This is just scary. <laughs> but I think it's. I don't think. I don't think the key is necessarily to ignore that or to like just refuse to acknowledge that mm. aspect of it, but acknowledge that there's way more to this person than mm. it looks. Mm. Yeah. 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 You know, there's an there's an actual person in there. This is mm. not just like an object of desire for me. Yeah. Like there's an actual person mm. in there yeah. with like hopes yeah. and dreams of their own, like and fears and you know. That's what we want to see ultimately. Mm. That's what we want to act on, I think. And I think if we're not past that point um, when we are seeing somebody else, then they're not worth pursuing in any capacity. Really? Yeah, that's wow. Yeah, because (laughs) honestly, like a failure in a relationship, right? Um, it's it's not necessarily because the person is not worthy of love, mm-hmm. right? It's because like we went into it like with the wrong things in mind, with the wrong mentalities and things. Mm. Right? So if we're gonna start out that way, then we shouldn't start at all. But isn't attraction right. like a normal that thing? Love. Right, but I'm saying we don't go into it with just physical attraction. Okay, yeah. all right, that's fair. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, okay, I just want you know. <laughs> go, go, Nyasha, go, go. <laughs> I don't. I feel like this is a very female thing that we do, but I mean, I have found myself in my, even the other day. I was thinking how ridiculous it was, right? The, like Prince William. I loved Prince William. I created worlds where him and I were together. Oh, wow. You know? Okay. It was just wonderful. But why I say that is because, like, at the point of a tra- like, it almost feels like you are just like, you know, this guy's so hot and, oh, maybe we could, and then our kids, and then... And, uh, this is just like you some know. of the female mind. I think yeah. girls do that. Yeah. When we see someone we like, we obviously it kind of leads into fantasies and daydreaming about this person and yeah, the kids and the the picket the white picket fences and everything. It mm. is a common thing amongst women. The female mind is a very fascinating thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think we can ever really understand it. Okay, wow. to be fair, to be fair, guys do the same thing. It's just. We do it with, like, the act of sex itself. Yeah, we don't go too far. I mean, we don't think yeah. about kids and stuff. Yeah, yeah You're no, not planning your wedding, the dress you're going to wear, like, the flowers. Yeah, no, our fantasies are, like, when we see a hot chick, our fantasies are just about getting busy. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> without getting into all the graphic details. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, we... Wow, okay. Well, what I'll say is, right, um, having said that, um, I think, Stu, you were saying that, you know, essentially what you're saying is we we have control um, over our thoughts and, you know, kind of where we take things. And I think this is the thing about temptation, right? Um, You've got to catch it quick, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think 
when when uh, Grace was uh, kind of just telling me about this episode, one of the first things that came to my mind, um, this verse that says, like, um, essentially sin is like crouching at the door waiting mm, to waiting devour for- you, mm, right? Yeah. Um, and it is all the time. Like, you literally just have to give one slight crack in the door and it will run right in. Mm. And I think that we, what we don't do quite so much, because like you're saying, we are happy to kind of palm off responsibility on, I was drunk and, Mm. you know, this and that and that. But I think, you know, (laughs) first level is going back to what I was saying, it's your relationship with God. And Mm. I think, um, cookie monster you said um something really interesting you said you know um that conviction comes through yeah why does the conviction come through because holy spirit is in you right Mm -hmm. Right. um and we've got to really make room for that voice to come through Mm -hmm. we need to keep ourselves sensitive to that yeah um and then we have to also and it's a thing i am learning like i i'm not like i don't say these things because i've mastered it but um when i grabbed my phone this is what i was looking for right um it you know paul Paul is great. He puts things so wonderfully all the time. But this is 2 Corinthians uh, 10, and it starts at verse 4. And, you know, we all know it. It says, the weapons of our warfare are not weapons of the world. Mm. Instead, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We tear down arguments and every presumption set up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Mm. The thing about temptation is it creeps in as a thought. Like, you know, that's where it starts. And um, I was listening to this one lady and she said, it's when we allow it to linger, Mm -hmm. right? And it plays around in our mind and we like it. You know, Mm -hmm. we're kind of flirting with sin a little bit, you know, like, oh, you know, the idea of whatever. And we allow, and it grows, like it builds momentum Mm -hmm. and we are not taking that thought captive, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And we are not, you know, making it obedient to Christ. Like we are not taking hold of our flesh and going, come on now, Mm -hmm. like actually... Yeah. the Holy Spirit lives inside of me like mm. the the strength is not our own yeah. like I think you know I think you mentioned as well Stuart like you know we think we're strong enough the strength is not our own mm-hmm. like this power is endowed from on high like mm. we we cannot I cannot tell myself if I am that like really wanting something you know i can't be like oh yeah i've got the the willpower to do that no that's why we set the boundaries because yeah. we're like no 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 within myself i know that i'm going to cross that line and mm. we're, we're going to go there mm. things are going to happen and then we're going to regret it um and so i think that's one of the things that we don't do so well as christians that i don't even do so well i remember like my friend she's very amazing and she would have like her affirmations written and she would say them every morning mm-hmm. and that was to just like train her mind in the god way yeah. to to be thinking godly thoughts and to guard her against some That's of the so things good. that That's were so yeah. um that would creep up in her you know yeah. whether it's a you know insecurity about who you are or it is about like you know actually well, it's reminding yourself i desire god above yeah. all mm. other things you yeah. know um and so I think this is a place where we have to get better is taking our thoughts captive mm. and making them obedient to Christ. And then nobody ever tells us what you do to do that, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I have this lovely friend, um, 
and she basically this is her ministry in life because she just had so much of the dysfunction of sexuality sex and sexuality that now like yeah she's in christ she's like no no no. i need to let you know that this is this is dangerous and this is the way we should go Mm. but um she she said to me i literally will do a physical action to like i I will tell myself Mm -hmm. stop yeah and then I say this verse to myself and then I move on. Like, mm. I need something tangible in my natural right. to be like, you're, you're going far left. Mm. We need to bring ourselves back. We mm. need to bring ourselves back. Yeah. And I think we need to be able to do more of that. I think we like sin. Yes. We yes. like the things of the world. Uh, yeah. They've been made palatable to us in so many ways that Correct. it doesn't even feel like sin anymore. It doesn't feel like it's wrong. Mm-hmm. And so because we are aware of the space we live in, we need to put those parameters in, in place to say mm. temptation is like literally crouching at the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do I do to stop myself? And it's hard, mm-hmm. you know, it's not easy mm-hmm. um, and you will slip, you will fall, but like we have to put in place those practices. Like what, what can I do to honor this commitment I've made to God because I treasure it and I think it's that important. Realistically, sometimes we don't think it's that important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we need to deal with our hearts on that one. Um, and, you know, we are growing. It's a continual thing, right? Glory to glory and all of that. But mm-hmm. I think that's, the, for me, it starts in the mind. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's the state of your heart. Mm-hmm. And then you act out mm-hmm. whatever it is that's going on here. Yeah. Mm. So sin is just like a symptom. It's just like the the end result of what actually is going on mm. here, which we see in scripture from yeah. the Old Testament mm. through to the New, yeah. the harlotry of Israel. They just loved to do the things that the other people were doing. Yeah. They wanted to worship the pagan gods. They forsook their God Mm -hmm. and went for the thing that looked good Mm -hmm. that they wanted to do. And so they ended up in trouble. And that's us, Mm -hmm. right? That's us. Yeah. hundred percent. That is so good. That is so good. Mm -hmm. Um, Psalm 51, when David has his whole thing with with Bathsheba, Psalm 51 is one of the most amazing Psalms for me because it it reveals something in there that um, the heart of David. Yeah. Where, when David says the sacrifices of God are mm. a broken spirit and a contrite heart, mm-hmm. he says a, 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 a broken spirit you will not, you will not despise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's like, if you, if you look at the posture of David versus um, Saul, yeah. when Saul does his thing and he's confronted by um, Samuel the prophet, mm-hmm. Saul is more concerned about what people think of him. He's mm-hmm. more concerned about his crown. He's more con- he was so concerned about... Um, his own image, yeah. mm. and yet when you and you, you find David, who has just committed the most heinous crime mm. or sin, is before God with with a broken heart because mm. his heart was so bent on wanting to please mm. to please God. And I feel yeah. like often that's that's our problem. That's my problem. Mm-hmm. Like that we when we're not contrite enough we're not broken yeah, enough before mm-hmm. God yeah. so we're always looking for loopholes mm-hmm. we're always like I don't know but I can just I know? can just yeah. do this mm. how, how far how far is too far how far can I go before mm-hmm. <laughs> before yeah. you know we want to we want to want to get as close as possible to the sin line mm-hmm. whereas really the attitude should be we should just be like the moment we think the sin line is even in that direction mm-hmm. we're going the other way mm-hmm. um so it, it is a hard it is a hard issue like like mm-hmm. you've said and it's an issue of how how much we desire God and it's something that you said um, Doctor Stu that I think is really important is that 
you kind of already know mm-hmm. when you're mm-hmm. in a relationship with somebody when when you're going to somebody's house mm-hmm. Uh, you, you you know yeah. that there's the possibility that things are going to go down. Yeah. You know that if you go, if you let this person come to your apartment, you know, it, things might happen, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so we, we know these things deep down, but then you're just like, ah, you know, work it out. The Holy Spirit will help me. But, Brian, you know, you know that mm-hmm. when you click, when you're alone at a certain time in the night, you're going to end up going on sites that... Are not yeah. very good for you, yeah. but it's like you know we we always want to make excuses for ourselves, you know. So yeah, yeah. and I think, um, like what you said about like David's heart versus Saul's heart, it's really pertinent. Because the question I find myself asking is, do we want to stay pure, or do we just want to stay out of trouble? Mm. Yeah, just yeah. Mm. you know. Because I'm thinking about, like, after David had that thing with Bathsheba, she got pregnant with mm. this child, right? And David submitted himself to God's judgment because he believed God would be merciful, right? God took that child back. And David's response was was crazy to me when that happened. After fasting and crying, putting on ashes and sackcloth, um, pleading for God's mercy while the child was sick, after the child dies... David just puts himself back together, mm. cleans himself up, like shaves properly, right? Goes to worship God, mm. right? And he accepted God's punishment mm. because for him it wasn't about getting out of trouble, right? Yeah. It was about getting right with God. God. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, And in the same way, mm. I think for us it needs to be about getting right, right. with God. God. Yeah. Like, would we repent if our repentance didn't, like? get us out of trouble yeah you know? mm-hmm. like is repentance just a get out of jail free because, card yeah yeah you know Ish. or do we actually want that relationship with yeah. god mm-hmm. are we settled when things are not okay with god mm-hmm. we absolutely shouldn't be yeah mm-hmm. right our priority should be to be good with god yeah mm-hmm. even if it means like man god you're going to put me through the ringer if this is what i have to go through to be right with you all right, bring it on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Um, and so I think with a lot of these things, like you said, you know, we stray as close to the line as possible. Mm. We try to, like, come up with arguments to be like, no, the line's a bit further on. Yeah. You know, sometimes we have crossed the line long ago and we didn't mm. even realize mm-hmm. it. Right? Because we're trying to get close to that line. Mm. How much can I do without, you know... It's, it's kind of like if you owe somebody money. It's like, how? what's the latest you need this money? You, know? like, you wouldn't blame the other person for being like, wait, do you even want to pay me back yeah. mm. at that point? Um, I think it's the same with us and sin. Mm-hmm. If we're like, God, how close to sinning can I get before it's like actually really sin? sin. Like, technically. Yeah. Mm. like, how much of this is technically not sin? Yeah. Mm. You know? Then God's like, no, you you want to sin, don't yeah, you? Don't you? Mm. Like, and you know you want to sin. Mm. Yeah. You know, and mm. I think that's what we need to get rid of. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's, what's our priority here? When we gave our lives to Christ, mm. you know? Um, we we did it of our own free will. God did not force us into that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about like you guys or anybody listening, but never once have I regretted that. Right? There's so much freedom that comes yeah. mm-hmm. from that. Um, the things I have regretted since then are the times when I've sinned. Mm-hmm. Right? There's just the joy is not there in it. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. Right? Mm. And 
I think God wants us to have joy. Yes. And he knows that we won't find it mm-hmm. in this thing that we keep going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? If we try and get as close as possible, like if I'm trying to touch up girls, right, all the time, and I'm like, no, technically not sinning. No, you know, like I didn't have sex with her or anything. It's not like I'm sleeping with the girl. Whatever. I'm like, you, you clearly are trying to get as close to the experience as possible. Mm-hmm. That's the wrong heart mm-hmm. of the thing. Yeah. So, guys, as we get ready to close, thank you, Doctor Stu. As we get ready to close, um, so let's just speak to the young person or to the person that may not be young, mm-hmm. who's in a relationship um, or who's wanting to get into a relationship, who's single. What what sort of advice would you give them? Um, somebody who's a Christian who wants to walk walk the walk or at least should be wanting to walk to walk the walk or maybe it's even somebody who's already indulging and mm. and is caught up in sin yeah you know what what sort of advice would you give them um just from from your guys hearts from your own experience or just yeah just what what, what you want to share i would okay to the person who's already indulged because i feel like that person is often not spoken of in Mm -hmm. churches Mm -hmm. we usually have advice for how not to get into sexual sin but we never really speak to those who have already committed it Mm -hmm. um and i think those people may feel the shame Mm -hmm. and the guilt that is associated with that and really the only thing that you can do is to come before god with a repentant heart the longer you stay away from God, the bigger the shame is, the bigger the gap is, the bigger the chasm is. And you just need to be bold, you know, enough to approach his throne of grace. Just be bold enough to go before him and say, I did this. Um, please forgive me. But then also you need to... Sometimes it helps if you've been struggling with sexual sin to look for someone um, who can walk that journey of just, um, you know, you could talk to them about it because, you know, it's not just the sin that you're dealing with. It's the heart as well behind it. And you need to be in a space where you you have someone who you are open enough, who you can be vulnerable with about it. Yeah. Um, if you have a, if you're a guy, if you have a group of guy friends, um, you know, you can just be like, yo, I'm struggling with this. Um, if you're a girl, and that's another aspect that's not spoken about sexual dysfunction in girls, because a lot of guys, a lot of mm-hmm. people think that girls don't struggle with sexual mm-hmm. sin as mm-hmm. well. Um, that needs, they needs to be a they space. Do. They do. Definitely. <laughs> They need to do. They need to be in a space to talk about it. And with girls, it's more emotional than anything. If there is, most of the times, if a girl is struggling with sexual sin, there usually is an emotional need that she's trying to fill with that's um, with sex. And so there also needs need to be spaces for girls to come together and be like, yeah, "I'm also struggling with this." You know, um, there just needs to be that openness. So find people you trust who can walk with you, um, and just go back to. God, really, you know, God, above anything else, God wants to be reconciled to us above Mm. anything else. Mm. Um, It's not about what you did. He's not looking at you and thinking, ha, I'm tired of this child. I tried. I really tried. That's not what he's thinking. He's like, you know, I just wish you would come back to me, you know, and he'll make you clean again. And so, yeah. That's good. Hmm. I mean... I too would like to speak to the person who has indulged. Um, 
I think I want to address that it's a very real space and a real reality, especially for young women, that there isn't a space for us to speak about it. Right. Mm-hmm. There aren't people that you can just go up to and say, hey, I'm struggling. Why? Because we don't talk about it in church. And when we do, it's a man's problem. Mm-hmm. Only men masturbate. Only men yeah. watch pornography. Only men fall into sexual sin, right? There's that focus on it being a, a man thing. But actually, mm-hmm. um, I want to say like in the 21st century, but I'm sure even before the 21st first century um it's a a a female problem too you know it's it's a human problem Mm. (laughs) um and we're all struggling with this we live in a highly sexualized world and so um for the person that has indulged i want to take you to what we talked about psalm 51 right i was listening to something and they said you know we read it and we think, in, in well, in my untrained eye, that David was just some young buck and, you know, this is what he was doing, you know, or whatever. But actually, at this point, apparently, David was 60, right? And he coveted this woman. Mm. He then got her into, <clears throat> excuse me, his um, chambers somehow. Um, she would have had no choice. The king has called her. She has to go. Um, and whatever happened happened and then he kills this woman's husband right to cover up his great sin and all of those things so you know it's it wasn't just a small thing that david did it was huge and it wasn't just a sexual sin it was lots of other things so you know he was dealing with a lot but in that psalm he you know like grace said he came back to god and was like i it is against you and you only have i sinned I want to remind you that you are loved by a very real God, mm-hmm. right? And it is a very real God who is grieved by what has happened to you, what is happening in you, yeah. um, mm-hmm. in your life, because he cares about you so much. He would rather that you were safe and protected and didn't have to go through all of that. But now that you have, remember that he is a good father, that mm-hmm. he is not just going to cast you off and never want to speak to you again. Our natural parents might do that. They might be embarrassed. <laughs> you yeah. know, things come out, you did this, you did that, and there's all of this shame. Don't let shame eat you up Mm. you know come back to the father just have Mm. a conversation Mm. a very honest conversation you don't even have to form it as a prayer just talk into the air Mm. and just tell him what is on your heart and what has gone on confess your sin you know and yes he does not despise a contrite heart you may not start with a contrite heart and that is okay you know that holy spirit is there to help you out with that part Um, Mm. so don't keep away from God thinking that there is no help for you like there's n- there's nothing that could be done for you your sin is so great I told the David story to tell you that he murdered someone on top of adultery mm. on top yeah. of all the other things if we think about you know the whole situation yeah. so yeah. it was uh, an entire mess he needed a whole prophet to come to him and tell him David you are wrong but even in that God was merciful to him yeah. you know God restored him God did not hold it against David that he had done such a terrible thing because yeah. David came to him and as his father God just enveloped him in love and said you know what let's start over yeah. there is hope for that for you there is restoration and there is redemption you don't have to stay in the shadows 
<clears throat> you know, telling God is the first move. And then, yes, I would 100% suggest that you find at least one person. It may be hard in your church, but at least one person that you can talk to about this thing that has happened and bring it out into the light there the enemy has no power over it and no power over you the as long as it stays a secret it will eat you up forever and he can keep you in that space but when you speak about it you tell god about it freedom comes rushing in so that's what i would say love it thank you Nyasha. i'm gonna speak to everybody um First of all, um, yeah, towards the people who are already partaking in sex. Um, I think a lot of the things that we've said here have been like pretty strong and full of conviction. And it would be easy to feel judged by a lot of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the, the reason we would come out so strong is just more out of concern um, for, for everybody. You know, and the desire for everybody to live like a a fulfilled, happy life. You know, um, for those people, um, on on top of that, I just want to say, I want to read Psalms thirty two, mm-hmm. verses two to six, which says, "Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt, mm. whose lives are lived in complete honesty." Mm-hmm. When I refuse to confess my sin. My body wasted away, mm. and I groaned all day long. Mm-hmm. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. Finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. Yeah. I said mm-hmm. to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And you forgave me. Yeah. All my guilt is gone. Therefore, let all the godly pray to you while there is still time that they may not drown in the flood waters of judgment. Mm. And so I just want to say that um, confession brings forgiveness. Mm. And that when you avoid confession, you're not avoiding judgment, you're avoiding forgiveness. Yeah. Mm. Amen. Wow. Right. And so ultimately, there's nothing that we can do that is beyond God's ability to fix or to heal. Yeah. Mm. Um, it's not you have it's not game over for you um you haven't like irreparably screwed yourself up it might be tough um but ultimately god is always there for us and like nyasha said we do this all in god's strength and as for the people who want to date and are tempted struggling with the temptation um sexual temptation i'd want to say that it is absolutely a normal thing i think the desire to have Mm -hmm. sex is god-given right it's not a satanic thing although it is perverted by satan Mm -hmm. um so do not despise it yeah um it's a good point come to terms with it Mm. accept that it is a part of yourself yeah right and like the ladies of shed talk about it to people who are um, trustworthy and of sober judgment, mm. right? Um, we can work through this. And also just, life is not all about sex. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much of life to enjoy yeah. when, when we're not having 
mm. like you know sexual encounters with people and stuff right mm-hmm. and so there's so much freedom there's so much enjoyment that we can have while still keeping ourselves pure for sure mm-hmm. yeah. yeah i love that love that thank you thank you dr stew um i've got a friend one of my closest friends he always says that if you're struggling with sin it's it's okay to struggle with your sin yeah. the problem comes when you don't struggle with it anymore when you've just allowed it when you've surrendered mm-hmm. to it you've capitulated to it and then now you start making excuses for it yeah, yeah. you know and and i so I would, i would say the same thing that i think struggling with something as in wrestling with it and and really bringing it before god and you know it's yeah. it's part of what we do sometimes you're trying to reason through something because you really don't understand yeah mm-hmm. you know and god says come let us reason together yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so so but i think the problem comes when we then just allow ourselves to when we surrender to our sin and we're like ah this is just who i am yes. mm-hmm. it is what it is yeah. <laughs> you know and i think that's where it becomes problematic but i think you know that a lot has been shared today and i think there's an, there's enough for us to process and to yeah and just to allow our minds to 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 grapple with because these guys have shared some really some really deep stuff. So thank you guys, it's been awesome having you. Thank you for thank taking you. up your time and sharing of your knowledge, your experience, your struggles. <laughs> yeah. Really cool. Lovely having you guys in the studio. So we're going to we're going to work out if we can have a part 2. Like I said, we shall try and bribe the producer. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Thank you guys for listening. This has been good. All right. Peace. Thank you. Right, thank, thank you guys you. so much for having us. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Radiant Culture Podcast. If you want to make a contribution, make a suggestion, or have a request, you can get in touch with us via email on radiant@thehub.co.zw or inbox us on Facebook and Twitter. Look out for the next episode and remember to share this one with everybody you know. God bless. It's hot. It's fresh. It's uncut. #RealTalk on the Radiant Culture Podcast.